His name is Lyle Presler, punk rock legend and music industry vet. His name is Jim Shear, most tenured DJ in the history of music television. It's the week in music with Lyle and Jim, and it all starts now. Hello there, everybody. My name is Jim Shear, and I'm Lyle Presler. And on today's episode, Stevie Wonder gets superstitious in a hotel lobby. Rod Stewart and Cindy Lauper join forces. There's another super group in town. But before all of that, the Women's March on Washington took place last Saturday in our nation's capital, with additional marches happening throughout the country. Rihanna joined in in New York City. The Edge and Brad Wilk from Rage Against the Machine joined Juliette Lewis to rock out in Los Angeles. Alicia Keys and Janelle Monet were on hand in Washington, D.C., as well as Madonna, who gave a speech that had a couple F-bombs in it, and she also contemplated, quote, blowing up the White House, unquote. Mm. Some Republicans think she should be arrested, but Madonna says she was speaking in metaphor. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I you mean, think she should be arrested? No. And 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 by the way, they they wouldn't they wouldn't generally speaking arrest anybody. Um they would they would go talk to him, you know, which mm-hmm. which I think they I I heard from one source that they had. I, I don't know whether that's true or not. But generally speaking in those situations, I mean, listen, it's not the first time someone has especially someone in in the public eye has made certain statements. I mean, unless you actually announce that you're going to do something and you take some action towards it, uh, you're not going to mm-hmm. get you're not going to get arrested. You, but you might get a stern talking to where they say, please don't mm-hmm. make you know, please don't make us come out here again. Because I mean, they understand the difference between metaphor and, and you know, and reality. Uh, but they Cause she quickly dismissed it after she said it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's much to that. I, I think that that's, I mean, w- but the only thing that struck me was like, she didn't, she's like, well, I didn't really mean blow it up. But I, I think when you say blow it up, you kind of mean blow it up. Right. I mean, you're not saying I'm going to go over there and have a party and blow the roof off the sucker. You know, I mean, that's not, that's not what you're saying. You're, you're saying, I, I, I don't like this guy. He lives in the White House. I'm going to blow the White House up. Yeah, because in, in these times where we are divided, Let's say Hillary won and Toby Keith was giving a speech at some rally and he said, I thought about blowing up the White House. Mm-hmm. You know, I would probably take offense to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't th- listen. I don't think it's a good thing to say. I think you can if you want to be metaphorical about stuff, you can figure out a lot better ways to do it than that. Uh, that's kind of uh, heavy handed, shall we say, ham fisted. Right. Um, right. Now, what department would speak with her? Do you the, know the Secret Service? Yeah. See, if I was in the Secret Service, I'd be like, "Yeah, I think I need to talk to Madonna." Oh, and yeah. I bring a whole bunch of albums. I'm like, "Could you, could you sign this? Yeah, could exactly. you sign this one too?" You know, listen, ma'am, we need to make sure that you're not going to do anything like this anymore. <laughs> By the way, um, can I? Go, I'm going to go out to the car. I got some stuff for my for my niece. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. But but the, the the thing is, is that again, it's the it's the whole free speech issue. I mean, people are in this country, at least for right now are pretty much allowed to say anything except the proverbial fire in the movie theater. You you, you got mm-hmm. to you got to at least be somewhat responsible, but but I can guarantee you what she said was not the worst thing that got said this weekend, this last weekend. Um yes, I'm sure I'm sure there were other statements, uh maybe not as high profile, but I I sensed I sensed a lot of anger. Um Yeah. 
Now, did you hear that a Texas radio station has banned Madonna? Uh, well, yeah, but that's just a stunt. I mean, it is. they do that because so- why would we be talking about this Texas radio station? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, you can go through history. I mean, remember when they burned all the disco records? Mm-hmm. And what was it? It was it at Wrigley Field. They had the, uh, Comiskey Park, I think. Comiskey Park. Okay, there you go. They they had the 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 a DJ sponsored it. You know, I mean, it's all it's just publicity stunts. It doesn't mean anything. And I mean, anybody who takes any of that seriously is really needs to focus on some other stuff. So the next question I have is: Does star power help bridge the gap, or does it make the gap bigger, adding fuel to the fire for the, those on the other side? Well, I think it probably well it it definitely depends. I mean, I, I think that I read a profile about a family who went to the inauguration. I think they're from somewhere in the Rust Belt and they were they were sort of I think could maybe be described as reluctant Trump supporters. Mm-hmm. Uh some of the other candidates on the Republican side that they were interested in dropped out of the race. Um, so they sort of, in the end, went with Trump, but and I think they, but they they see Trump as perhaps their only salvation because of the depressed areas in which they live and the lack of jobs and growing drug problems. I mean, a lot of these places have huge, really almost insane uh, drug problems amongst the population. Um, suicide rates are up, everything. So I can see those people looking at Rihanna and going, Jesus, you know, this, 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 this person is talking to me, but I can't relate to this person at all on any level, you mm-hmm. know? So sometimes I think it does work against it. But on the other hand, um, star power lets some people think, well, you know, uh, these people obviously have it much better than me, but look, they're still concerned. So it kind of, mm-hmm. I think it cuts both ways. I think, but but I think it's pretty easy if you are not, uh, if you are on the other side, listening to some pop star or some actress or actor uh, go on and on and on. It probably doesn't resonate with you. Um, it, it just it probably either goes right over your head or you get angry about it because again, it's that whole thing of you know, well, why are you complaining? You know, why are you upset? Uh, you're just going to retreat to your, you know, your Lamborghini and your, you know, your your penthouse. So why would you, mm-hmm. you know, what what? this isn't going to mean anything to you, which is unfair. Yeah. I mean, which is, is patently unfair. But, you know, we all have we all struggle with with sort of accepting people's points of view. And then we try to, like, attach something to that point of view. Um, yeah. A lot of people are very resentful, for instance, when pe- when nationals of other countries complain. So, you know, if you are a British rock star and you're talking about America, you know, some people go, mm-hmm. well, you know, you don't even live here. You, you don't even, you're not even a citizen. So what are you saying? <laughs> um, which, again, is, is, you know, unfair, but, but that's the way people see it. So. so, yeah, I'm sure we'll have many more stories like this many throughout more. the next four years. Yeah. Over the weekend, local singer Grayson Erhard was performing in the lobby of an Anaheim Marriott. He began playing Stevie Wonder's Superstition, and guess who walked by? Stevie Wonder! (laughs) Uh, Stevie joined in and dedicated the impromptu performance to the March on Washington. Impressively, Earhart played guitar and sang like a champ. Lyle, could you have done the same? No. No. (laughs) 
No, I, I mean, clearly anybody who's ever seen me play knows I couldn't do that. Um, <laughs> but I, and I, and I, I, I do wonder, you know, I mean, what is going through your, your body and your mind when all of a sudden you see Stevie and he's like, hey, I want to come up there. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know what makes it work though? If he had a day to think about it, it might have psyched him out. Yeah, but because it happened right then and there, he had no choice. Absolutely. I mean, what are you going to do? Say no, Stevie. This is my show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you need to stay down, security. You need to stay down there. <laughs> <laughs> and people would say well this is too convenient but i've heard stories like this throughout the years i was interviewing robert smith from the cure mm -hmm. and he said he was staying in a hotel where there was a wedding reception and he heard just like heaven being performed by the wedding band so he opened up the dividers of the the reception hall walked through and began singing with the band and he said that the wedding couple looked up at him and was like what what they just had a look of shock on their face <laughs> i love stuff like that i i mean i really do there was that there, a couple years ago wasn't there a, a wedding going on down in uh in charleston and bill murray happened to be in the same restaurant and he just walked in and he like did a toast to the couple and I, people who are who are comfortable enough with themselves to do things like that i i admire I think that's great. Yeah. I think it's really great because it, it, it just it crosses so many lines that are so great to cross. You know. So And when you have a song that's everywhere, there's a better chance of this happening. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Like I don't know if you, Lyle, could walk past a wedding reception where seeing red was being played for minor threat. And you're like, Oh, let me join in. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean that would be interesting. I mean I think it, I think <laughs> it, I think it's easier for a singer. Right, right, right. Because right. they just get up there and sing, and you know, there's no technology involved in it, um, mm -hmm. so it would be easier. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I if if you, if it was Ian, would he do it? I don't know. <laughs> and imagine, yeah, if the Edge from U two is walking by, and he's like, "Well, I can't use that." Yeah, right. He would need all of his effects. Yeah, he need all the stuff exactly. Otherwise, it wouldn't sound like the Edge. And then people would go, "Well, then why did he get up there?" <laughs> So, Lyle, I would like to think that our show is the furthest thing from TMZ. Mm. Uh, we, we've talked about couples from time to time, mm. uh, but I think this one would pique the interest of our indie-minded music listeners. Uh, Ezra Koenig, lead singer of Vampire Weekend, is dating Rashida Jones, mm. the indie-minded actress and daughter of music legend Quincy Jones. Now, apparently, they've been dating for a year, but it became public news when Koenig escorted Jones to one of her premiere events at Sundance. Ezra is 32, Rashida is 40. Do you approve of this relationship? Sure. Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like both of them. I, it w there wouldn't be anything for me to not approve of. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of cool. I mean, I'd never heard anything like that. But then again, I don't really follow the the personal lives of the members of Vampire Weekend. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing that scares me is the age gap. Well, yeah. Because I, I think uh, Matthew Bellamy from Muse was going out with um, Kate Hudson for a little bit. They have a, a kid together. I don't know if they're still together. But I thought, uh, she's, she's older than you, man. Well, but we are talking about Kate Hudson, right? 
<laughs> Kate Hudson, yeah. But, I mean, Kate Hudson has a fairly checkered past when it comes to relationships. <laughs> I know, I know. That's the thing. Well, I, I thought, Matt, your heart's going to get broken. What are you doing this for, man? Yeah, isn't the newest one something about her and Brad Pitt? That's what I saw in the checkout lane the other day. That, that Wait, no, who, who and Brad Pitt? That, with Kate Hudson. Oh, Kate Hudson and Brad Pitt. Yes, and that, wow. that, um, right. and that uh, Goldie was waxing poetic about Brad. And the effect on her daughter. Well, we've seen a lot of effects on her daughter. I don't know exactly yeah. what that means. But, you, I mean, I guess so. Although I think that if you're already past the age of 30, right, then that eight-year gap is not that great. Okay. I mean, I think if he were 22 or she were 22 and he was 32, then I go, I'm not sure if this, this is, is a good work. point. Yeah, because I think you make an excellent point. You know, it's sort of like, uh, well, I, you know, it's I knew people, some people growing up and they'd say, well, you know, don't you still know him? I'm like, well, you got to understand, like he was 14 and I was 12 and 14 year olds don't hang out with 12 year olds most of the time. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, but but if he had been 28 and I was 26, it wouldn't have been it would be fine. Right. You know, that wouldn't and have been I've, an issue. Yeah, I've spoken with Ezra, and he carries himself like a, a late or early 40-year-old. Okay. Well, like a go. late 30s, early 40s. Yeah. Yeah, and I like Rashida Jones. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great. I, I think that's a good couple. So my next question is, could this do for Vampire Weekend what Gwyneth Paltrow did for Coldplay? Ah, interesting. Interesting. I don't know about that. I, I mean, bring in some people from the sidelines. It could, it could, but you know, the thing about Gwyneth was that she's just so out there. You know what I mean? She's, you know, yeah. got her goop thing, and you know, writes stuff and <laughs> does stuff. And I mean, it, it was much more, it was much more visible. So she's more know. Hollywood, yeah, than much Rashida. more, much more Hollywood, and much more sort of um, social media and all that sort of stuff. So I, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. And Rostam's not in Vampire Weekend anymore. Oh. So I wonder how that will affect the band throughout the years. Mm. So, you know what, Lyle? We did pretty well talking about that relationship. There you go. We weren't too TMZ on it. Well, the thing is, if we wanted to, I, I think we could probably get an internship at TMZ oh. just based on that conversation alone. Well, yeah, but my understanding is you don't want to work at TMZ. Well, no, I don't want to. No, I, yeah. I mean, it, 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 from what I understand, it's it's not exactly the most uh, holistic work environment. Yeah. Although yeah. I do enjoy so, it. Um, but yeah, we we can we can continue doing what we do right now. Okay. Break down the music headlines of the week, which we will do next following this break. An ancient business, a modern piece of glasswork down on the corner that you walk each day in passing the elderly says clerk on ice with suspicion the whole of motor corporations giving its mission hey everybody jim shear and lyle presler on the week in music time to play an old favorite yay or nay. I will give you a music headline, Lyle, and you will tell me if you give it a yay, a, or nay. Very simple game. We've played it before. Played it a lot. Okay. But just explaining the roles in case someone is listening for the very first time. So the first headline is, it was just announced that Rod Stewart and Cindy Lauper will join forces for an outdoor amphitheater summer tour this year. 
Yay, nay, or nay. Before I say, when you say join forces, does that simply mean one of them's going to open and one of them's going to close? Or are they actually yeah, going to do... Perform- st- no. <laughs> they're not going to do stuff together, right? No. Oh, well, then I'd give it I a, would. I would doubt it. I give but it maybe a, they do one song together, right? Yeah, I'd give it an eh, eh, you know. I mean, you know, Rod Stewart, it's, it's, the, the great thing about Rod Stewart has always been that I can't tell you how many times, although I'm sure someone can look it up, uh, Rod Stewart would announce that he was going on tour, and the first thing he would do is he'd go talk to Jeff Beck and say, Jeff, mm-hmm. you've got you to gotta come out with me. And Jeff would go, sure, and then two dates in the tour, Jeff would go home. <laughs> <laughs> and this happened like over and over and over until finally Rod was like, finally, I'm not going to ask you anymore because it just doesn't work. Um, but I would have see. I would have. I'm not a. I'm not a big Rod Stewart fan. Uh, although I think he's very talented and an interesting guy. Um, but if he if if Beck was actually with him, I actually might be tempted to go. Mm. Now, do you think of Rod Stewart as more seventies or eighties? Seventies. Seventies. Yeah. 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 I mean, I see. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give it an A. Eh. Yeah. I'm gonna give it an A too, just because uh, I think it would be better if she. Was touring with the, an '80s act. Oh, I see. Okay, although, but you know, she has. She's one of those artists with a sneaky popularity. I mean, you know, yeah. there are people like that who you 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 may not have really paid a lot of attention to for the last say twenty years, and then you find mm-hmm. out like, wow, they've done this and this and this and this, and they go out on tour, and lots of people show up, and you know, people really love it, and so there, she's sort of one of those stealth artists so no well i i think the tour is gonna do well yeah yeah and i mean i think she i I guess what i'm saying is i think that she has kind of gotten to the point where she kind of appeals sort of across the board no one necessarily i mean you and me sort of fix her in the 80s right we just go 80s Mm -hmm. right there i mean almost quintessential but i think a lot of other people say they don't look at it that way they they just sort of look at her and just as her they don't they don't so who opens and who who opens and who closes well that's an interesting question because I'm not so sure that they aren't fairly even in terms of popularity. I mean, let's put it this way. Rod could go and, and sell out Madison Square Garden, right? Mm-hmm. So could Cindy. So, by themselves. So, I don't know. I don't know how that would go. I would think Cindy Lauper would open, right? I would think so, yeah. And you know what? In those situations, you might prefer to open. Yeah, it's not a bad thing to open because you have everyone there. Right, and and let's remember, it's not going to be one of those opening things that you and I have talked about where someone has to play with the house right. lights on and everyone's like right. buying popcorn. You know, um, she would have a feature. I mean, it'll be featured and it'll be after everyone's in the venue. So, but I, you know, I remember a couple times where 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 we would play with people and either they would say to us, "Look, we're not. You guys go on. We're going on first because we don't want to follow mm-hmm. you," or we'd say, "We don't want to follow you." So, mm-hmm. particularly if you're in someone's hometown, you, you say like, you know what? Let us just go on first because you guys, this is your audience. Um, I mean, it's a little different because it's not an arena show and it doesn't have the same kind of uh, composition of audience. But, but I can understand how some people just say, you know what? I'm comfortable in my spot. That's fine. I'll open. It'll be yeah. Because years ago, when Green Day and Blink 182 went out on tour together. Green Day opened up for Blink-182, and everyone was outraged. And I think it was actually Green Day's—they called it. They said, well, listen, we're going to have all of Blink's fans there. Right. And then they close out the show, and we're going to have our fans there. And around mid to late set, 
everyone's there. Right. So you have everyone's eyes, and that's why they decided to do it. Right, and the other thing you can do is you can leave. (laughs) Yeah. You can leave. You can say, like, okay, well, we're going to be, we're going to go out. If you want to join us, we're going to be at such and such a club, (laughs) you know. Uh. And you're already, like, well on your way partying before the other band is even finishing their encore. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so that works out all right. And I, I always feel bad for the bands where they open up for the headliners and then they come on late in the set to perform a song with the headliner. Yeah. I thought, oh man, 40, 40 days out of the year, you got to like sit around backstage and wait for that one song you come on for. That's right. Exactly. So, but I think at the, uh, the Blink-182 Green Day show, there was no uh, collabos like that. So they could have just left if they wanted to after their set. Yeah, and it's always a weird thing too because you don't want to you don't want to diss the other band, but if you yeah. if you've been on tour with them after the first week or so, it's like, <laughs> okay, well, we kind of know what you, you guys see the are same do. thing every night. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, yeah, if, if I only had a situation a couple times where there was a steady opener, and it would be like, you don't have to, you guys don't have to watch us. I mean, you don't have to stick around. <laughs> don't feel obligated to do that. You've yeah. already seen this thing over and over again, and you know, so don't feel don't feel you have to be there. <laughs> yeah, it's funny being in bands where you want people to come to your show, but you kind of don't want them to come to your show. Because I remember when I was in a band. And I'd pass out the flowers to people at work, and they'd look at it and be like, well, you don't have to come. Like, don't come. Don't feel obliged to come. Like, I don't want you to come now because I know you got stuff to do, so don't come. <laughs> Nobody come to my show. <laughs> Everyone stay at home. Well, you know, I play for the sound man. I've done that over the years where people who would say, so, um, you know, I know, I've heard all about your band. Um, can, I, can I go buy it? Or... And I'd go, oh God, you're you're not gonna like this, you know. And 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 I, <laughs> yes. I would sort of go, well, I don't think that, I'm not sure. And you don't ever want to do that to somebody because that's not fair. But you know, you say like, well, I don't really know that this is gonna be your cup of tea. Um, <laughs> but if you're gonna insist, I'll just give you a copy. That way, you won't feel like you've spent your right. money on it. You know right. what I mean? Like even my uncle did it just the other day, and and you know, after all these years. And I said, he said, so, so can I go buy? I was like, um, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll send you one. You know, I'm thinking like, Jesus, this not, this, this is not going to be good. I, but right. yeah, I mean, you know, but, but people are, you know, they're well-meaning and all that stuff, but you sort of, you know, after all these years, I can sort of tell, like, you know, you, you might not go for this. Yeah. And I'm not offended when people don't like my music because no, I fine. assume that they wouldn't like my music. Right. It's, I'm, yeah, I'm not, uh, was never out to like, you know, make everyone a fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So there's a, a new song called Crystal Fairy. That was just released by the supergroup featuring members of grunge legends The Melvins and early 2000s buzz rockers at the drive-in. Their full length comes out on February 24th. Here is a taste of Crystal Fairy. So yay, a or nay? I and you know what I, I love never it. looked up the the you like yeah I like it too. I gotta find out the name of the group. Well, it's called Crystal Fairy. I, I, 
Oh, the the, the group is the called, group Crystal, is called Fairy? Crystal Fairy. Yeah, the group, and the, and you yeah. you failed to mention Terry Genderbender, who's the singer. Okay, from her band, and I can't think of the name of it. It's a Spanish name, I think. Um, but yeah, I really like it. I think it's great. I mean, I loved At the Drive-In, and was only sad that I didn't ever get to see him play. Um, mm-hmm. And I saw the Melvins, and you know, the Melvins are the Melvins. But um, you, that's that's a, a definitely an acquired taste. But I always thought it was cool. <laughs> no, I thought it was cool, but but I like this. I think it's really good. Oh yeah, Le, Le Butcherettes. Yes, Le Butcherettes. That's right. And um, and uh, no, I I really uh, I guess that would be French, probably, wouldn't it? Um, the uh, but I, I think it's really good, and I think she's great. I mean, she's just, she's a, a really great singer. So I, I I think that would probably. I hope they play dates because I think that'd be a cool show. Of course, no, I I I like it. Of course, it'll and be I way too cool. Buzz, yeah, yeah. I hope Buzz can tell Omar, hey, let's keep the songs under seven minutes. Yeah, true, true. If we can do that, then I'm all in. So I'm going to give it a yay. I'll give it a yay. Yeah. So Crystal Fairy. The song also called Crystal Fairy. I told you this story last week. I announced one of Audio Slay's very first shows, and I went through this big intro of Rage Against the Machine and Soundgarden, and not once did I mention their band name. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of a problem. It's uh, my curse. Yeah, I, Crystal I, Fairy, Crystal Fairy. I got to get it through my head, Crystal Fairy. It, it took me a while because I was looking up the songs, and 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 sometimes the way that they do it, where they, you're never sure whether the name of the song is first. Yeah, I know what or you're talking about. Or the band is first. Mm-hmm. And, and the first yep. song I ran into was called Drugs on the Bus. And frankly, knowing the members of the band, Drugs on the Bus could have been the name of the band. <laughs> so I finally figured it no, out. No, you're right. Yeah. So You're right. Yeah. All right, last one in yay, a or nay. Celebrating the 15th anniversary of their debut album, Turn on the Bright Lights, Interpol will play the album in its entirety out on tour this year. Yay! A or nay? A. Same here. I'm so, I give it an A. I like I like Interpol and I like yeah. the album. Yeah, but I mean, it's just I think the problem with this stuff, and you know, we've talked about bands doing this, and you two and Joshua Tree and everything. Which, by the way, I, I must say, I ran the the whole issue by several people about when to play Joshua Tree in the set, and pretty much everybody agreed it should be played first. No, you know what. Rolling Stone, I think they interviewed Adam Clayton this week, mm-hmm. and they said, well, when is it going to happen? He's like, well, we can't open up with it, Yeah, so we're st- tr- still trying to figure out when we when we place it into the set, I, 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 so they don't, they don't even know yet. But that's weird to say, we can't. I mean, wh- wh- where's the, ca- I mean, maybe there's some reason that I don't understand. I'm sure there is, but- Well, he was saying that they kind of have to warm up the crowd a little bit, get them in that, that 80s frame of mind, so you just can't start off cold turkey- with the Joshua Tree, yeah, but as you, you have po- to warm them up with a couple songs. Yeah, but as you pointed out, the album starts out strong. I mean, I don't. I know it does. Yeah, so I don't. I don't. I, well, anyway, I mean, it's their thing, so I don't know. But as as far as Interpol is concerned, I mean, the problem is, is we're we're now becoming sort of immune to this concept. We're going to go out and play the album in its entirety. It's like, okay, yeah, you and everybody else. So. <laughs> Which is not it's so arbitrary because some people do it at the ten year mark. Right. Some people do it at fifteen, twenty, twenty five. Do you think there ought to be Some a rule? Some people do it for all of them. Do you think it ought to be a rule? You know, sort of like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You, there's a time that, you know, it's... it's. I abs- wish... It's 25 years. I feel years like in nothing. today's culture, we don't celebrate the 25th anniversary anymore. We always jump the gun and do it at 20. 
So why can't we wait that five extra years? Well, it's like people. Have you known people who, who uh, would say, you know, we're organizing a gala for so and so's thirty seventh birthday, and I'd be like, Yeah, no, what? <laughs> we can. How about you can do a small club show at your tenth year anniversary, right? Uh, you can do a biggie at twenty five, and then when you hit fifty. You can play Desert Trip. I guess, yeah. Although that's going to really... Well, it might be good. That's going to really you know, narrow the field. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Well, Bad Religion's and getting I, I mean, to that. Like I said, I like the album. There was um, an article I read this week online where it called Turn on the Bright That Lights Legendary. It called it classic. And I'm like, well, I, I guess if you, like, if you were a teenager in the early 2000s, maybe this is classic and legendary for you. But for me, it's just... Another good album. Well, and also, I mean, with all due respect to Interpol, who I like, um, they never really, I mean, they're not U2 in terms of popularity. No, they're not, no. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's why I think some of this is a little silly, because it's sort of like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, but when you, go, when you went out and played to your audience, you pretty much played that record, so... I mean, not in its entirety, maybe, but you played it, and that's sort of what you're right. known for. So I don't really know that... It's it's not like you plucked an album out of your vast catalog going back right. 40 years and said, you know what, we've never played a lot of these songs in all these years. Why don't we just do the whole record? That'd be really interesting. That's where I think it's interesting. I'm not so sure it's that interesting if really that's one of the cornerstones of your set and you just decide, like, now we're going to make a big deal about it because a certain number of years have passed. Now, we, now you see we're trashing them. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now, now we're trashing if them. You wait, if you wait till 25, then we get more excited about exactly. it. Exactly. There you go. So uh, birthdays today. Ah, uh, yes. We have a few. Actually, some good ones today. Alicia Keys, the aforementioned, is 36 Ooh. today. Andy, Co okay. Andy Cox, the guitarist who was in The Beat, better known here as The English Beat, and also founded Fine Young Cannibals, is 61 years old. Uh, mm -hmm. Colum Hood uh, from Five Seconds of Summer, I believe he's the bass player. He's 21. We've mentioned them on this program as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, one, uh, my, my daughter was so, so excited. Uh, the rapper, singer, I Love Memphis, otherwise known as Richard Colbert, whose famous song, Hit the Quan, I guarantee you, if you walk into an elementary school and go, Hit the Quan, you are going to have uh, people dancing. Um, and he is 24. <coughs> so yesterday when I was doing the laundry, mm. I picked up a book because there's a, a book exchange in our laundry room okay. in the apartment building that I live so it's called Color Astrology. So there's a different color for every day of the year. Okay. So today is January 25th. You just mentioned all of those birthdays. Uh, Alicia Keys, you mentioned first. Mm -hmm. So keep Alicia Keys in mind when I read the color. So the color of today is Mellow Mauve. And it says, if you were born on this day, you have many talents and are capable of doing a variety of things. Action and self-motivation are important. It is essential that you develop a strong sense of self and do not and do not rely too much on others. You're intuitive, and if you listen to your inner voice, you'll know exactly what to do and when to do it. Well, that sounds like Alicia Keys. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Mellow Mauve. <laughs> um, the number one single on the Billboard Hot 100 this week, 
Bad and Bougie from Migos featuring Lil Uzi Vert. And I realized that we record this show sort of when the the charts flip. Okay. Because we totally missed Ed Sheeran being number one on the Hot 100. Okay. Yeah. So Ed, he was number one for a little bit. But when we do this show, uh, last week it was Bad and Bougie. And this week it is Bad and Bougie. So sorry to Ed Sheeran. We'll have to record on another day. All right. Uh, and take a time machine. Anyway, uh, the number one album on the Billboard 200, Starboy from The Weeknd. The number one song on iTunes, Shape of You from Ed Sheeran. There you go, Ed. Mm-hmm. The number one album on iTunes, The Search for Everything, Wave 1, the EP from John Mayer. And the number one song on Spotify, Shape of You from Ed Sheeran. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we have our music picks of the week. Oh, yes. We're back. Uh, time for the Music Picks of the Week. Jim Shearer and Lyle Presler on the Week in Music. So, Lyle, I, uh, I I bit at the chomp, as they say. Is that the, the saying? You well, Or chomp at the bit, well, or I chomped at the bit. Okay, well, <laughs> let me just take this opportunity as an English major graduate of Georgetown University to tell you that the proper <laughs> expression is yeah. to champ. Help me out. To champ, champ. at the bit. When a horse has a bit in its mouth and it kind of goes, rah, 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 yeah, that's champing. Well, it looks like the horse is chomping. So at some point or another, people started saying chomping. Um, and I guess at this point, English being what it is, that's perfectly acceptable. So it's chomping at the bit, yes, if you'd like. I don't, I don't hear people using the word champ. Uh, uh, to describe things, except, you know, you're a champ uh, as a noun. Um, but it was champing, yeah. So you, you can learn something if you listen to The Week in Music with Lyle and <laughs> Some Jim. Some useless information, yes. Yeah, so I'm sure you saw the latest Apple commercial for the, um, are they called the iBuds mm-hmm. or the AirBuds? Earbuds, yeah. The, the, the wireless headphones? Yep. Where the guy is dancing on walls and on the street, mm-hmm. and he's listening to a song called Down... From Marion Hill, and I thought, yeah, I like it. That was a good choice. So whoever picked it, good job. Yeah, go ahead, get a promotion. All right, good job for you. And to me, this is the music video. Like, I don't know if Marion Hill has an actual official music video for Down, but whatever she has, it's not as good as the commercial. Yeah, she shouldn't need one. No, because when I hear this song, I, I think of the guy dancing on the walls absolutely so here you go down from marion hill didn't even really want to go but if you get me out you get a show there's so many bodies on the floor so baby we should go and add some more are you down did it down did it down did it down 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 did it down did it down did it down down Everywhere I look at people's hands Thrown up in the air to help them dance Come on baby, catch me if you can I 
No, you don't have any other plans. Are you down, did it, down, did it, down, did it, down, down, down? Down, did it, down, did it, down, did it, down, down, down. Are I remember it clearly from the commercial. Um, do you know much about her? I don't. Oh, okay. Well, we, that's that's for <laughs> that's for the listeners to go find out something about her. Wait, let me look. Let me look her up right now. All right. I think I did like look something up very quick. Uh, an American songwriting duo. Oh, it's not a person. Oh, from Philadelphia, made up of production artist Jeremy Lloyd and vocalist. Samantha Gongol. Oh, so it's So not... her name's not even Marion. Oh, that's weird. Uh, their name comes from two characters in the musical, The Music Man, oh. Marion Peru and Harold Hill. Okay. Ah, there you see, you, you do learn some stuff here. <laughs> go back and get... And it says that their first album is called Act One, released in 2016. Okay. But there's no further information on that. Uh, the mystery... Ah, the mystery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Jim, my my pick of the week uh, is the new single from from Goldfrap. Yeah, there you go. Called Anymore. And uh, I mean, Goldfrap have had a few notable songs over the years, and this is uh, this looks like a, a it looks like it might be a, a a good new release for them. Yeah, so let's listen to it. Anymore from Goldfrap. Yeah. 
I'm glad you picked that. You know, but the one thing I did notice about it is it, it's a little Blue Monday by New Order, isn't it? Yeah. A little. A little. The, the verses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely No, because um, yeah, I'm a Goldfrapp fan, and I read that she put out a new single, and then when you made it your song pick of the week, I was like, well, I got to listen to that then. So you made me listen. I would have listened to it eventually, but I did it sooner than later. All right. And then I downloaded it because of you. So there you go. There you go. So, so thank you. Yeah, so, thank you for pushing me on well, that. Well, and so I deserve, you know, I deserve some sort of remuneration, don't I? From Goldfrap? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Should I get like a you, yeah. finder's fee or something? Well, yeah, oh, wait, wait, percentage. wait, wait. No, wait. They're making no money, so I wouldn't get much. <laughs> <laughs> what what's what's four percent of point zero 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 one cent? <laughs> yeah, like how many people would have have to buy that upon your recommendation for you to get a penny? <laughs> yeah, well, believe me, I know. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, I know. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, down from Marion Hill and Nevermore anymore, anymore from Goldfrap. Allison Goldfrapp. When she put, let's look up when she's putting out her album. See, you're gonna learn a bunch today on the week in music. Hold on. Oh, by the way, too, Goldfrapp is known as a duo, but the vocals come from Allison Goldfrapp. Right. And then Will Gregory does all the synth stuff. Gotcha. So new album, Silver Eye, coming out on March 31st. All right. All right. So we'll have a, a new Goldfrap album in 2017. Uh, we're going to take one more break, and when we come back, we will play Ask Lyle. Shame on me now, blew me to places I've never been, till you put me down, oh, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. So shame on me now, blew me to places I've never been, now I'm lying on the cold heart. Everybody, Jim Shear with Lyle Presler on the Week in Music. Time now to play Ask Lyle. Ask Lyle. I have a couple questions for you today. Okay. I'm trying to think. I'll start. I'll start with uh, Taylor Swift. Mm. So uh, there was an ar- article online this week that called her a casual feminist, uh, saying that Taylor Swift should have said more during the election and she should have voiced her opinion whether she was right or left during this whole inauguration march on washington so my question is should taylor swift has said something last weekend no i mean not not no she shouldn't have but no she doesn't have to and it's it's fun it's funny that you brought this up because prior to our recording this uh i was listening to a radio station who had on uh, a couple of the guys from Train, mm-hmm. Pat and uh, I guess the guitar player, I forget his name. Jimmy? Is it Jimmy, I think? Uh, something like that, yeah. Um, sorry about that if we got your name wrong. Um, anyway, you know, it was one of these things where they, they appeared on the show and they played they played something a couple of things from their new record. And then they played, they had a thing where the, the host of the show would just shout out songs and they had to try to figure out how to play at least part of it 
um, which may have been slightly a setup. Um, if you've ever gone to see They Might Be Giants, they have this thing where they just flip through the radio dial and then they play the song. You know, uh-huh. it's pretty, and they really do it. I'm told that it's real. Like that, whatever city they're in, they just put, they just flip it around, find a station that's playing a bit of music. And sometimes it doesn't work, by the way. So, you know, mm-hmm. but they actually are good enough. Their ears are good enough that they can sort of start playing a song, even if they don't really know it at all. Wow. And you know, and I think some of the songs that the guy was serving up were softballs, um, particularly like Zeppelin stuff, because Train has done a lot of Zeppelin stuff and whatever. But it was still, right. it was still impressive. Um, I mean, Pat is a, an impressive singer. There's no question about that. And and you mm-hmm. could you could tell that these guys, their ears are so good that they they even if they have to fake their way through it, they know enough to go. Oh, I think this chord follows that chord, kind of thing. So it it sounds great. But what I was thinking about them was is that they are sort of in many ways kind of the okay, they're a band and they have had hits. And they mm-hmm. have an audience that loves them, and they they play lots of shows and do really really well, and they they are are people who are just sort of nice guys, you know, like sort of just basically <laughs> nice guys. You know, there there's Lyle. You need to talk to your friend Stephen Smith about that. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm not saying like I don't I don't mean I don't mean what they're like behind the scenes. I mean oh, their okay. pre- their presentation is. Yeah. We're just nice guys, and we play music. And but you need to ask Stephen Smith about Pat Monahan. <laughs> okay, I will. I just will. watch watch the color of his face. <laughs> watch the color of his face. I actually did. I actually have met those guys, but um, but my contact with them was was very brief and, and perfunctory. But, but I get what you're saying. But continue. But what yeah. I was gonna I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to tie this together. What I was thinking was okay, <laughs> this, this is this band, and, and we're just using them as an example. Um, because there's many others like them. We could have picked almost anybody. But my my point was going to be that these are people who they may have, they probably have very strong political views. They probably fall more or less along, you know, slightly more liberal lines um, uh, or maybe not, but, but probably. And yet they never say anything. And there's a lot of artists like that who just, they just, all they want to do is just do their thing and entertain people and have a career, Right. They're not mm-hmm. they're not provocative in any way. They don't try to be provocative in any way. And and I don't and I think sometimes that people like that annoy me. But at the same time, to be fair, like why not? I mean, is there something wrong with just saying, I just want to play my music, I just want to do what I do, I'm not interested in making social statements. If I want to do that, I can do it, but I don't I don't feel like I should do that. Or I want to not should do it, want to do it. Taylor Swift, I mean, first of all, calling someone a name like casual feminist, first of all, I don't even really know what that means. I mean, I think I know what it means, but I don't really know what it means. And just the idea that somehow by virtue of selling lots of records and selling out concert halls, I mean stadiums, that she's obligated to make statements is, is ridiculous. But wasn't the the whole thing that she was calling herself a, a feminist during her last tour? Well, maybe so. But, I mean, I sat through that show. And, I mean, she must have talked for, you know, if you strung it all together, she must have talked for 15 minutes. And largely it was about girls and empowering yourself and believing in yourself. And to me, that's feminism. Maybe not with a big F, but with a small F, certainly, Right. So I don't, you know, I don't necessarily agree that just because you, you know, you have certain ideas 
that I think are very positive that necessarily then you have to turn those into political ideas. I mean, I think there's a difference. I think there's a difference between having certain kinds of attitudes and, and believing in certain things and not necessarily turning it into political statements. Because I, I think a lot of women, especially those at the march, mm. probably want Taylor Swift to be more Gloria Steinem. Well, yeah, but then she wouldn't be Taylor Swift. I mean, then she wouldn't be Taylor Swift. That's the problem. I mean, you know, it's like saying, well, I want a combination of these three things. It's like, well, that's great. And, and, and you know, that might be interesting. But we got Madonna. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> we, you know, I mean, if you really want to start looking around for those people, they're out there. But I, I don't necessarily think that you should that that we should sort of toy around with someone's makeup as a person and say, well, they need yeah. to, they need to be this. Yeah, I'm fine. See, I I've I've been able to see through it for years because mm. I've always told people like Taylor's a business. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's a business. It would be bad for business if she said anything. Well, that's another thing. And I mean, you well that's 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 because I thought of that too. You know, that's always an issue, right? We we saw it during the inauguration where people would be invited to perform and then they apparently get backlash uh when they said mm-hmm. that they might do it and then they said, "Well, I can't do this because, you know, I'm getting so much backlash." And I'm thinking I have a lot of ideas about that, but the first thing is I'm not sure it's really fair to do that to people, um, you know, to say I, I don't like you anymore because you're going to perform in front of somebody. Um, but be that as it may, I don't also like the idea that someone would make a decision based on their business. I mean, if you feel strongly about something, then screw your business. Your business will come back. I mean... You're, oh, you know what no. I mean? Well, oh, no. Well, I mean, even the Dixie Chicks eventually got away with it, you know. Um, Did they, though? Well, I mean. I feel like in the country music community, there, there's still some scorn for the Dixie Chicks. Of course there is. Of, scor- of course there is. And there's still, there's still scorn for Pearl Jam. And there's still scorn for Bruce Springsteen in some quarters. But the, the, the fact is, is that, and, and, and by the way, who's to say what their career would have been even without that? Right. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We can't sit here and know the trajectory of everybody's career if they did or didn't do something. I mean, that... that well, what would have happened if Taylor Swift performed at the inauguration? If you could look into your crystal ball? Well, I think that there would be a lot of people, older people, older fans, who would say, God, what is that all about? There would a lot be a lot of people who would say, I knew it. I knew it all along, right? <laughs> that that would there would be a lot of people would say that, and then there would be the vast majority of people who really wouldn't give a damn. I really so would she be selling out a stadium during her next album cycle? Oh yeah, absolutely. At least for the next one. I don't know what happens. Like I say, I don't know what happens after that. I mean, she could decide right. she could decide to quit, or or she could just go in a completely different direction and change her change up her fans. Um, and there's always a problem when you have lots of young fans, whether or not they're going to grow into you or whether they're going to leave you, you know? You see, I just want the truth. So if Taylor Swift performed at the inauguration and she said why she did it, mm-hmm. she could say, I'm doing it for the money. Or, right. listen, uh, I've always been a Republican, and I don't think Trump's the greatest guy, but I'm glad that a Republican is president. Listen, I... I, I just want some honesty. I, I agree with you. I mean... If I take all of my little, you know, what about this, what about that, what about this, and really try to crush them together, I guess I would come out in the same place you did, which is that you would appreciate honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, you would appreciate someone just saying, look, you know what? 
I have a, I probably have a finite career. This is an opportunity for me. I'm going to do it. It doesn't necessarily mean I agree with everything or I agree with everything and I want to support yeah. this or I don't want to support this. I'm not doing it. You know, mm-hmm. but there's all sorts of ways to handle that. But I do agree with you. I would like to have honesty. And and I think that um, that I gravitated over the years to artists that displayed that honesty. But then again, going back to my train example, which has now been derailed by Stephen Smith, um, <laughs> going back to my train thing, though, it's OK for you not to be any of those things. You know, I was in a band that was incredibly provocative. OK. And 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 people reacted either, you know, generally one way or the other, right? But not everybody has to do that. I mean, that's that's not, it's not written in some musician's code that you or songwriter's code that you have to do that. Um, so, I kind of think that we need to be sort of careful. And this goes back to your thing about star power and and what is the value of that and is it a plus or a minus. I think maybe we need to lighten up on these people and not not expect them to do things that yeah. perhaps we wouldn't do, you know. Um, and and listen, you know, I I, t- I too tend to think that once you're at a certain level, you 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 probably don't worry as much about business. You probably shouldn't worry as much about business. Um, but I'm sure people do. You know, I'm sure people do. But let's look, you know, there have been a lot of top artists that have done really crazy shit and they still have an audience. I mean, you know, so I don't know. I I think it's unpredictable. I mean, you don't really know what's going to. But I think above all, what fans want is to see their 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 faves, their their stars, and they want them to continue to produce music that they like. And that's really all they want. Yeah, and I, I think in a way it's unfair to pick any popular person, especially in a time like this, and say, well, why doesn't this person do that? Or why doesn't that person do this? Absolutely. And, like, and, yeah, and by the way, I mean, it, it, would it be fair to to have Taylor in the room right now and grill her and say, you know what, you say you're this, but, but, but would she? Would we really expect her to sit there and explain it? I mean, what if she said, right. you know, she? what if she said, listen, all I'm saying is that from a just a societal standpoint, I want I want women to be empowered and feel good about themselves. But that doesn't mean that I want to talk about every single po- political policy that may mm-hmm. or may not affect those people. I mean, the world's a big place and it's got lots and lots of problems and there's lots of nuances to all those problems. Some of them may seem obvious. Others may seem obvious upon first glance. And then you get into the nitty gritty and you go, uh oh. I'm not sure I really, you know, I'm not sure I feel comfortable with having a, 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 a monolithic stand. So I don't think it would be fair to force her to explain that. I mean, I yeah. think it's fairly obvious if you go see her, you you, you get the message. You know? Yeah. So I, I, I think I guess I just stood up for Taylor Swift. Good for you. Even though I'm not a fan. Now you'll start standing up for train. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, see, I've always had a good time with train. Yeah. Ask Stephen Smith who his worst interview is. Oh, okay. We'll leave it at that. All right. Uh, One quick question before we go. I'm starting to record songs again. Ooh. With guitar, bass, and drums. Uh Uh-huh. So just a a music question for you, Lyle. Sure. If you have guitar, bass, and drums, where do you have them panned? Do you have stereo guitars? Where do you pan the bass? What do you do with the vo- Just a, a simple recording question. 
Well, what would Lyle Presler do? So if good, let's start with guitars. So just one guitar. Do you record those in stereo? Yeah, I would say you record. Have one stereo. a little left, have one a little right. Yeah, I mean you could you could depending on what kind of effect you're looking for. I mean you could always split the signal and, and you know treat treat the two two channels differently. You know you could do that without, but you can't get too radical with that because then it just sounds weird. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean I don't. I mean, unless you're really going for some sort of almost, uh, um, you know, a recreation of mono. No, you know, no, I just want yeah. you know a a nice sounding, yeah, I garage think, rock. I, I think everything. I think for the most part, things should float pretty much in the middle. Um, oh, okay. Now, now you can you can do some things with drums, right? I mean, you can you can depending on how much miking you're doing in the drum set. You can have toms in different channels and whatever. You know, you can do that. You can play around with that. So you yeah. can do sort of, you know, if someone does a roll, you can have it roll across the spectrum. Okay. Now, but, but bass and guitar, you said keep them right in the center. I generally think so, Un- unless, unless again, if you're if you're doing two if you're doing two different guitar parts, right? So you know, it's 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 you've got two things going. You can play around with that. So. Maybe you want like if if you got sort of a a guitar that goes bamp and then another one goes bamp, you know, right afterwards you can you can go in in you know left right, and that creates okay. a, that creates like a nice little sort of ping pong kind of thing. But for the most part, I think that people are more or less used to listening to stuff that's sort of right in front of them with a little okay. like little things happening maybe at the sides. But I mean, I just think that's where people feel most comfortable. But, you know, depending on the music you're doing, um, you may do all sorts of different stuff. I mean... Now, did you ever play with distortion? I mean, well, you did play with distortion, but did you ever have a pedal? Yeah, I had a pedal. I think, um, in fact, I think the earliest I think the earliest stuff we recorded, I was using a pedal. Um, be- what kind of I think, pedal did you I have? I think it was an MXR Distortion Plus, probably. That little banana yellow thing. Or not okay. banana yellow. I guess it was more mustardy colored. But you know, it's the standard stomp box that people used back then. It's pretty simple. Um, you know, the stuff they have today is ridiculously complex in terms of the mm-hmm. sounds. I mean, I'm always amazed that if you buy one of those pod things, those Line Six things, you know, they can recreate a lot of amplifier sounds. That I mean, the purist would say I can hear the difference. But you know, it's one of those things where really. So when you're, would you play clean and then go into distortion? Yeah, I mean, basically, well, at the at the time that I was using a pedal, the deal was is that my amp wasn't easily overdrive. You couldn't overdrive it very easily because I think it was like a, mm-hmm. it was like a fifty watt Marshall, and I don't even think it had a master volume on it. So you weren't dealing with you didn't have a gain channel and then you know an overall volume where you can mm-hmm. actually get you can get distortion at low volume. You know, and obviously right. if you're in the studio and particularly if you're playing, you know, with another person in the same room, you don't you can't be really, really loud because then you can't you can't record it. It just everything it bleeds mm-hmm. in, it bleeds into everything. So your 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 goal, especially in 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 the kind of recording you're talking about, is to be able to get the sound you want at low volume so that you can properly record it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was when I did that. But later on, when I got. You know, when I got amplifiers that could be easily overdriven, I wasn't using any kind of distortion box anymore, and I was just oh, you know, was just, so you just got rid of the box. Yeah, completely. yeah, it was just straight into the amp. 
Um, and you played that tone for the whole show. Yeah, absolutely. I I I never fooled around with. Um, well, at one point I did. I had sort of a, I had a a Roland amplifier that had like a a chorus on it, and I I experimented for a while with like having a Marshall just doing pure overdrive, and then I had like a separately a separate amplifier, so a splitter box. And I could run them both at the same time and create a little bit of a chorus effect on stuff. But to be perfectly honest with you, it was more trouble than it was worth. I don't think anybody noticed it. Um, it was two. It was it was two amplifiers instead of one, um, and it was easy for the depending on the sound person. It was easy for them to overwhelm it with the chorus, which made it sound like mm-hmm. I was in a completely different band. So I'm having I'm having a little trouble remembering all the details of it, but I do think that. I do think that I well I know at some point I just decided it wasn't worth doing anymore. I think I had a okay. I think I had a Roland Jazz Chorus amp, which is a sort of a famous amp from the eighties, yeah. and um, it was a cool amp. It was a cool amp, but it, it really wasn't it, it really wasn't completely suited for what I was doing, especially live. Um, I, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to get a little bit more uh, tonal uh, nuance in the sound, which you could do in the studio fairly easily, obviously. But I kind of wanted to do that live, but it just didn't really translate. And you have to also remember that, you know, the sound systems weren't the best either. So, you know, half the time you weren't even in the mains. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. You know. I was all bummed on uh, the CBS Saturday morning show, and they might have showed it on the Sunday morning show, too. They did a, a profile piece on the 930 Club. Okay. And they didn't mention Minor Threat. Really? They did not. Well, you know, but they I, said, "Oh, a I lot think, of a did, lot of hardcore," and then they showed a picture of Henry Rollins, and then that was it. Oh uh, well, yeah, but that's that's kind of understandable. I mean, so yeah, but you know, the the truth of the matter is, is that well, there's two things, and one is that the original Nine Thirty Club. I mean, everybody who's anybody played there. I mean, I saw Prince play there. Um, you know, and and then when they turned the corner, which is now many more years ago than I care to remember. But when the old one closed, yeah, I always think of it like, oh yeah, the new nine thirty club. Well, it's not new. I mean, God, it's not new. Yeah. But but um, when they turned the corner and you know moved into the the new place, and they uh, it was bigger and nicer. Um, I think that probably a lot of their attitude was sort of like, well, this is what we are now, and we can talk about the past, but it's really not. You know, it's it's yeah. it's not it's not that significant anymore because most of the people who go to that club don't don't remember the old one at all have you performed at the new 930 no. club no i haven't wow we should get that we should get make that happen <laughs> yeah actually i but I, I was in it a few times and i have to say that i mean it's like going from you know it's 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 like going from a a, a, a hyundai uh, you know, a 1981 Hyundai to like, you know, to a BMW <laughs> five series. I mean, it's like such a complete difference in terms of just everything, the backstage areas, the sound system, everything. Although 930 did have a good sound system, but it was an odd club because it was a, it was a corner stage, like a caddy corner stage. Yeah. And it was a very short room, kind of wide, but short. And there was a bar like right there, and then there was a there were like a long hallway into other rooms, and so it was a very odd room. Um, the new one is much more like a you know traditional venue. Well, the new one again, I'm still saying the new. Yeah, because in the story they said they moved the bar mm. from the original to the uh, the new one. Oh, that's right. I I did know that. Yeah, yeah. And the the talking head throughout the piece was Dave Grohl, of course. Right. Well, of course. I mean, 
Yeah. Yeah. He, he's your go-to guy. <laughs> yes, For yeah. better or worse, he is your go-to guy. No question. But I think it was cool because they showed that um, they could move the stage at the 930 Club, which I never knew. Oh, wow. So if it's like a, a smaller drawing act, they move the stage closer and then they have like a, a backdrop. So it doesn't, they just shrink the club if it's a... Oh, that's good. If, a, if it's a band that doesn't pull as many people. That's a good idea. I mean, the old one was really small capacity, although... Jesus, I mean they they played around with the legality of that. I mean they there used to be there used to there were times seriously, Jim, where there was like twice as many people in there than maximum capacity. And I remember playing one show there. We had come back from touring, so we were in good shape. And it was in the summer, and the air conditioning was really bad in that place, and it got so hot on stage that uh, Brian fainted, like literally fell against his amplifier out cold for a few seconds. And I remember like just just dropping to my knees on the floor of the stage and trying to suck the air because, you know, hot air rises. Yeah. And so where I was standing, you could, there was no oxygen. You could, you, you would breathe in and you just get like, you know, 10% of the oxygen you normally would have gotten. Were you like, Brian, Brian, get down here with me. Yeah, right. I was like, suck it in, Brian, down, suck it in. Like, you know, just trying to suck the stuff from the, from the lower levels of the atmosphere, if you will. <laughs> and I can remember that, like, finally we just, we, we, we finished and we just bolted to the side and threw open the doors into the alley. Because it was, ju- <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. In fact, I, I even think I remember, like, just yelling at whoever was managing it, just going like, this is completely irresponsible. I mean, you cannot, yeah. you cannot create conditions like this. If we, you know, if we hadn't been in decent shape or, or we've been older, there, you know, there's always a possibility of someone having a heart attack in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the new the new place is is a completely different animal altogether, and and it's 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 a really I, everybody I've ever talked to who's played there really likes it. So, yeah, I saw Atari Teenage Riot there. Okay, and enjoyed myself. I, so. I think I, I think the first thing I ever saw there was more Chiba. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were they were on Sire, and I was working with them, and I said, boy, if they're going to go play this new 930 Club, I'm going to yeah. go down and see it. And uh, it was I was just amazed by the backstage, because the backstage at the old one was literally downstairs amongst old furniture and, um, you know, the usual crap bathrooms, you know. Uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, let's, get, uh, let's get Lyle Presler to play the new 930. Well, we should call Dave Grohl. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> I bet he can he can make anything happen. Yeah, absolutely. Just snap of his fingers. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, that will do it for us. Uh, please join us next week. Thank you for listening. For Lyle Presler, my name is Jim Shear, and we will see Yins later. Ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building.